Welcome to the Parkway Live Church Podcast. Thank you for taking time to let God's Word impact you. Always encouraged to know God is touching lives through this ministry. Please visit parkwaylife.com to let us know. You can also hit the giving tab to sow into the ministry that you are experiencing. Now, prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. I want to to talk to you tonight about the journey to victory. The journey to victory. Uh, Look at Daniel chapter 7, verse 25. It says, He shall speak words against the Most High, he being Satan here, and he shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and shall think to change the times and in law, and they shall be given into his hand for a time's and a half a time. But you notice part of that scripture there. He, he will wear out the saints. He will wear out the saints. If there's anything that the enemy wants to do is to wear us out. Make us feel frustrated. Make us feel tired in the midst of serving God. The prophet Daniel warns of a time when Satan, through the Antichrist, will seek to wear down the strength of God's saints. How this occurs in the final hours of the age remains to be seen, but on one level, I really believe that the battle is going on today. Satan seeks to wear us out through delays. He seeks to wear us out through alterations of time. I always want things to go faster in life. I always think things, I mean, I I thought by now I would be about five years from retirement where I'm at. And now I went on my little fund page where I have my retirement fund and you put in there how much that you want to have when you retire and it tells you if you're on track or if you need to add more money or what you need to do. And mine come back and said, Wait till you're 102 to retire. That's not a joke. So I've contacted Pastor Brett and Scott Jones, and I'm looking to pastor till I'm 102 right now, the pace I'm on. But those are things that I didn't think about when I was 25. You thought about it, but you always think, you know, that's a long time from now. All of a sudden now, those days are, are staring at us, and you always think you're going to be further along. You always think things are going to be different. But the, the, the final effect of what seems like to be the never-ending delays is that believers are worn out. Some of you are, are worn out tonight. You're here because you said church is the right thing to do, but you're, you're worn out. Not just physically, but sometimes spiritually. And so I ask you tonight, do you know anybody? Has anybody told you this week, I'm just wore out? Are you weary yourself tonight? You're tired. I know many who seem trapped in situations and they they should have been worked out months ago and even years ago, but the battle continues on against them. People dealing with kids and people dealing with family situations and circumstances that they thought would be worked out now. Situations often empowered by demonic resistance stand in opposition to move forward. You know, the the process of God and what God's wanting to do, it seems like it's not happening the way that we want it to happen because Satan and his demonic resistance comes against us. And we know we're a child of God, but yet that resistance... And then you hear people say things, well, if the devil's fighting you, you're real close to your greatest breakthrough. And I don't mind telling you, sometimes I want to hit people that say that. That's not the spiritual side of me right there. But I want to go, no, don't tell me that because I'm tired of the battle that I'm in. I'm tired of the the fight that I'm in. Just go ahead and send me my breakthrough, God. But the battle to wear out the saints is rooted sometimes in conflicts with children. It's rooted in 
conflicts with spouses. Remember when you got married and it was just, I love them, I love them, I love them. And then later, you're like, what was I thinking? Don't you dare nudge them right now, you know? And it's not that you don't love them anymore. It's not that you don't care. But life sets in. Bills set in. Houses. All the different stuff. Kids decide they want to go to Texas A&M. Somewhere around 49 years old. You know, life sets in. You, you, and so all of these conflicts. And Satan uses circumstances that he, any circumstance that he can to make us weary. Perhaps it's, it's unresolved issue that you don't even want to deal with. You ever go into avoidance mode? I just don't want to, I don't want to deal with it. I just avoid it and to go away. And the next day it gets bigger. And that problem is just greater. It may be a, a work conflict. Maybe you're dealing with coworkers that are tough to get along with. Or a boss that seems like no matter how hard you try to please them, you can't please them and make them happen. I remember when I was at Liberty Mutual, quotas, sales quotas on you, all these different things. And though you love God, Satan can use all of this stuff to just wear you out sometimes. Health issues. Some of you are dealing with health issues right now that you never thought you would deal with. But like a skilled and a masterful thief, the enemy daily comes to steal the joy. He comes to steal the strength and the passion of saints. And many do not even realize what they have lost or how much they've lost till that spiritual strength just starts going away. And the scale is actually larger than our, our personal struggles. Consider the various conflicts in the world. Some have continued on for generations. We can understand why, because even in the midst of great worship and praise by the redeemed, there is a place under the altar where the saints continue to ask, How long, O Lord? Revelation 6 and 10. In fact, I looked up 58 times in the Bible from beginning to end, the phrase, How long, is echoed by those who grow weary with waiting. It's kind of like redoing a church after a flood. How many of you said, how long? How long? The frustration sets in. I've talked to your pastor. He, he's, he's dealt with that frustration going, how long is this going to take? Why did this happen? I've tried to be the encourager and say, man, come on. When you get through, you're going to look back on it and say, it's incredible the church that we have now and the new seating capacity that we have now and all the new stuff. But then I go home and forget about it. I don't show up here. And then he shows up the next day and looks at the building. So I can imagine how he feels saying, how long? Sometimes the delays in life are God-ordained to perfect our faith. I've had some of those. I heard the other day, if anything causes you to pray, it's a blessing in your life. We consider it as a struggle or challenge, but usually when everything's going good, we're like, I, I don't really need to pray today. But you let problems come, and they put you on your knees, and you start seeking God. So things that cause you to pray are a blessing from God. On the other hand, there's a vicious attack against us to oppose or delay the fulfillment of God's plan for us until we grow weary and quit. I want to tell somebody today, it's always too soon to quit. I've come to encourage you tonight. I, in fact, I want to read the old poem that says, don't quit. Pastor Keating and I, I used to preach this when we used to travel together. And he knew what point to start amen in me in this poem. So I'm going to see if he remembers where to amen me and get with me on this poem. But I want to tell somebody tonight, when things go wrong as they sometimes will, when the road you're trudging seems all uphill, when the funds are low and the debts are high, 
and you want to smile, but you have to sigh. When care is pressing you down a bit, rest, rest if you must, but don't you quit. Life is strange with its twists and turns, as every one of us sometimes learns, and many a fellow turns about when he might have won had he stuck it out. Don't give up, though the pace seems slow. You may succeed with another blow. Often the goal is nearer than it seems to a faint and a faltering man. Often the struggler has given up when he, he might have captured the victor's cup. And he learned too late when the night came down how close he was to the golden crown. Success is turned inside out. The silver tint in the clouds of doubt. And as you never can tell how close you are, it might be near when it seems afar. So stick to the fight when your heart is hit. And it's when things seem worse that you must not quit. There's a, there's a quitting generation that, that we are part of today. It's so easy for us to just quit on things. We want to quit on marriages. We want to quit on jobs. We want to quit on churches. We want to quit on things. But I want to tell you today, don't you quit in life. Keep pressing on because that's what the enemy wants you to do at times. He wants you to quit. In fact, Satan is the dragon whose goal is to drag on the battle with wearing and draining delays. He persists until we wear out, give up, quit praying. A situation stretched beyond reasonable expect, expected conclusions. Weariness of soul can also aggravate the original situation leading to fleshly reactions or just overreactions which also need resolutions in our life. We lose patience. Eventually, if we're not careful, we just start seeking relief rather than victory, which is what we originally started believing for. I would encourage y'all not to just seek relief where you're at now, but seek for total victory. And say Parkway is going to be the place. And revival is going to come. And there's going to be a greater harvest than we've ever known through all of the wearing delays that we've gone through. Because this compromises the principle of God and conscience. I want to talk about a few points on this journey to victory. On the journey to victory, we are to be people of perseverance. Don't you just love the sound of that word? Perseverance. It's not a popular word. You don't get up in the morning going, today I'm going to have perseverance in my life. There's a reason the book of Revelation mentions the word perseverance seven times. Over and over again we see those who persevered and overcame. It was one thing to have vision but yet another thing to have godly motives. But neither will carry us to our objectives by itself. We must also persevere. The root word of persevere is the word severe. We face the fact that in route to victory, our trials may get severe. They are going to get severe sometimes in life. Likewise, it's with severe faith, severe or steadfastness in our life, we inherit the promises of God that come our way. James tells us in James 1, 2 through 4, it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds. There's some scriptures I wish were not in the Bible. And this is one of the scriptures I wish was not in the Bible. Because when I am facing trials, the last thing I want to have is joy. I mean, when's the last time you ran up to somebody and said, Hey, I've got something to tell you. What's that? I'm going through some trials, baby. Life's tough right now. Woohoo! Yeah! They look at you like you're crazy. 
But it says, consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete and not lacking anything. See, Parkway's not going to be lacking anything before long. Because you're persevering right now. And you're staying persistent right now. And you're showing up on Wednesday night when you know this isn't the church that you were sitting in before. I mean, for God's sake, you're sitting in a folding chair. You had nice pews before. Flooded out pews. When's the last time that you just you started thinking about that and you started going, hey, I, I'm going to consider it joy when I go through some trials. And I go through some tests. In life, we are going to have to be people of endurance. We're going to have to be people of perseverance. And we're going to have to be people of steadfastness to make it to the end. These are the qualities that breed character. That transform the doctrine of Christ-likeness into a way of life that we experience on a daily basis. I'll tell you one reason God chose to flood this church is because he knows your pastor and wife are people of character and they can handle it and he's going to use it I don't know how he's going to use it I don't know why he's going to use it this way but he, they are people of character and he's put that in you and you have joined with him because you're people of character and God's going to do incredible things because you're going to persevere through all of this and you're going to keep good character and say I'm not going to question God I'm not going to doubt God I'm going to trust in God and I'm going to persevere on through. Another thing, on the journey to victory, we will experience weariness of mind. Have you grown weary in your thinking? It's the battlefield of the mind that's now affecting us physically and emotionally. I want to tell you, if you're dealing with that, you're not alone. There's people sitting around you tonight that are dealing with things emotionally. I, I, I get a free book from Christian Audio not too long ago, and, and they sent this book, and it's titled, You're Already Amazing, by Holly Girth. If you've never read that book, or if you've never heard of that book, you need to go buy that book. She wrote it for women. If you listen to it as a man, she's going to call you a chick a lot. She's going to say, hey, girls, we need to meet for coffee and stuff like that. But I want to tell you, I've listened to that book over and over because it will build you up. It will make you think you're amazing. In fact, our ladies group are doing a connect group over it tonight. And I tell them often, I'm like, Holly wrote that book about me. Because she said, Clint, you're already amazing and I know you. And those ladies just look at me. They don't believe it. But there are those of you that life has made you feel like you're not amazing anymore. Some of you, your kids haven't turned out the way you wanted them to. They haven't always done the things that you want them to do. And you've taken some of the blame for that. But I want to tell every man, every lady in here, no matter what the enemy is coming against you with the weariness of mind, I want to tell you today, you are amazing, and God made you just like you are to do something that nobody else can do. And he made you to look like you are. Quit trying to fix everything. You know? I mean, I, I always thought... Brian says I have a, a dad body now. Anybody know what a dad body is? If you don't, here it is. <laughs> yeah. Kim's still with me though, baby. Weariness of mind. Make things that make you feel physically and emotionally not the way you need to be. But I want to tell you that it's the trick of the enemy to make you 
deal with that in ways that you never thought you would deal with that when it comes your, your way. If we had known the battle was going to take as long, we would have prepared for it more realistically. Every building plan will take twice as long as we assume. Every virtue that you're looking to obtain in your life will take a year, not a weekend, to be truly worked out in you. It may take a generation for some of you, your loved ones, to be saved, but I want to tell you, keep on praying and keep on believing for those loved ones and those kids and those moms and dads and those husbands and wives to be saved because God's going to save them. If things happen sooner, we can rejoice. But in the meanwhile, we're just going to keep on believing and we're not going to let the Satan get in our minds and wear us out completely down. We must guard ourselves lest we prepare only for the easiest of breakthroughs. Some things will not manifest without time and tears. You may think it sounds like unbelief to expect difficulties in life, but I don't think so. I think it's wisdom. Wisdom is not the enemy of faith. I have found that if I don't trust God and relax, I become anxious, I become fretful, and I become distracted. I heard someone say yesterday on a podcast, they're now calling the United States of anxiety because America has so much anxiety. We're dealing with, our kids are dealing with anxiety. I mean, I know I had tough times growing up, but I wasn't, I wasn't depressed and stressed out growing up. I mean, there were some things I didn't like, but I, don't, I didn't feel anxiety like teenagers are feeling today. We could go into a million things of what that is. I'm not going to go there tonight, but I do know there's things that, that make that and cause that. But what I wanted to do, I want to support and let them find the church to be the place that can lift them up and encourage them. And let them know that they don't have to be anxious, they don't have to be fretful, and we don't have to be distracted. We're living in the most distracted generation ever. I mean, we can't even go to the potty without a phone now. We're distracted people. I've also found that the Holy Spirit will not descend and rest upon in the power upon a man who is fearful and controlled by external circumstances. The enemy wants to come in and try to control us and try to defeat us. But Jesus' spirit stayed in abiding peace when he was walking around and living on earth. Still, he accommodated delays as part of life's package. He was often delayed by the huge crowds or urgent needs of the people around him. People died waiting for Jesus to show up. But did Jesus become anxious? No. He just kept on doing what the Father had called him to do. He stayed focused on this Father and simply raised the dead. Many of you here know my story when I, I, I decided to take a break from pastoring for a while back in 2011. And for about six years, I didn't feel a pastoral role. But there were several people in this church when I would come here to speak. They would come up to me with tears in their eyes saying, I don't know where it's going to happen, but I want to tell you, God's got something for you. God's got something working for you. And, and I would just go back and I would just do the job that God had opened up for my family. He was taking care of us. We were doing good. And I just said, God, I'm going to keep trusting you. There was times I wanted to get anxious about. There was times that I wanted to get fearful. But people would speak into my life. And now I want to tell you after all these years there, now I'm pastoring the church that I always wanted to pastor. And God has put me there. And I didn't know how it was going to work out. I didn't know how it was going to come to be. But I just kept on trusting him. 
God's got a job worked out for some of you. You're not in the job that you want right now. But I want to tell you, just keep on trusting Him. Keep on believing in Him. Don't let Him wear you out in the mind, but just trust in God, and He's going to work it out. I don't know how. I didn't know how God was going to work it out. Pastor Brett and Scott Jones contacted me about four years ago to, to go and be a campus pastor at another church over in Tomball. My wife and I went for a while, and we, we stayed there for about six months, and we kept trying to work it out. We kept trying to figure out how it was going to work, and we just it just never clicked. And she was telling me, I, I, if we ever get back into pastoring, this is the setup that I want right here. Mainly because Pastor Scott looked at her and said, now if you don't want to do anything, you don't have to do anything. And she was like, hallelujah. <laughs> but we didn't accept that position. And I remember thinking, well, we'll never hear from them again. But that was okay because we didn't feel that was right. But we just kept trusting on, in God and, and believing in God that whatever he had for us was going to work out. Then about six months before they contacted us again, we started praying and we're like, God, if you've, if you've got something for us, it's going to come to us. We're not going to have to seek it out, God. If you want us back in the ministry, it's going to come to us, God. Meanwhile, if you don't, we're good. I'm making a living selling Liberty Mutual Insurance. We're living in the Woodlands, one of the greatest places in the United States to live. We're close to the Woodlands Mall. I don't know what I was thinking doing this, God. Should have thought that through a little better. But then all of a sudden, on a Sunday afternoon, I got a call from a guy that was on staff at Grace Church. His name's Ken Central. And he called me and he said, Hey, I need to meet up with you for supper tonight. And I'm like, man, we're at the rodeo. <laughs> so Sunday afternoon, we went to church that morning. We went to the rodeo. He's all spiritual, and I'm walking in. I forget who was singing. It was some group my kids wanted to hear. You know, it wasn't George Strait or Garth Brooks, so I didn't know the songs. <laughs> but then he said, well, if you can't meet us tonight, we want to meet tomorrow night. And I knew something was up then. We met with him. Long story short, he said, we want to see if y'all are ready to get back into being campus pastor. And then it just went from there. There was days, there was times that I would go to church on a Sunday and I would just get so frustrated because I, I knew God had released me from where I was at, but I was battling that. It was weariness of the mind. The enemy knows what he's doing when he comes after your minds. Some of you today, your minds are wearing you out. But I want to tell you, there's only one way to overcome the weariness of mind. And I'm not being cliche about it, but you need to stop and go find your place of prayer. You need to get you some scriptures on peace. I've got some scriptures in my phone. When I start feeling stressed, I pull out these scriptures and I start praying through these scriptures on peace. You start praying the word of God on peace, I want to tell you the devil's got to leave you alone and God's going to come and he's going to minister to you and he's going to bless you. The problem is we go to someone when we have those times, but it's we go to somebody else and just talk about it. And I'll be honest with you, I, there's times I've called your pastor, I'm like, man, I just need to talk. But during some of the other times, it was like God said, why don't you talk to me? He's a pretty good guy, but I like created him. I made him. He comes to me when he has needs. Why don't you trust in me? Why don't you talk to me about it? So I would go and I would pray and I would seek God when those times that my mind was wearing me out. got to stay focused on the Father in the midst of these struggles. We must trust that God knows our battle and that He has a miraculous conclusion prepared for us. But we must persevere. 
I, I love it. We, we, we do prayer lists at our house sometimes. Not too long ago, we, we'd been going through the book Circle Maker by Mark Batterson. I gathered my family together, and we in the ottoman on the ottoman in our living room, we, we made a list. I had my daughters put some things that they wanted God to answer for them. I told them, I said, go get your, go get your purses. You want to be blessed in the future? God's got to bless your purse. And so we brought different things, and we set those on the ottoman there, and we made a circle, and we prayed around those, and we believed God for those, and we'd kind of forgotten about some of those things. But when my daughter was getting ready to move off for college, all of a sudden I looked up the balcony of there from the second floor, and she said, Dad, let me tell you about this. I'm like, what? She don't get real excited when she talks to me now. So something's up because it's usually I need money, Dad, or I got this problem, you know. I'm like, she's excited to be talking to me. This is heaven right here. But she said, Dad, remember those prayer lists that we made? I said, yeah. She said, I found that list and said out of the ten things that I wrote down, God has answered seven of those things on that list. And she said, it's just so neat to see this. And we started rejoicing to God together. Now, when she starts having challenges and things in her life, I'm like, girl, we need to make a list. You need to pray about it. I'm going to pray with you about that. You've got to persevere. I've got to teach my kids to persevere. Life's not always easy. Consider Joseph. He was betrayed. He was enslaved. He was slandered. He was forgotten. You ever felt that way? He had to endure this to reach his destiny. But the time finally arrived, and never in his wildest dreams could he have imagined that the outcome would be so wonderful. What we become is more important to God than what we do for him. Let me say that again. What we become is more important to God than what we do for him. God uses these things to make something incredible out of you. Our struggle, though we may have been delayed time and again, deepens our character. Maintaining our values when pressed, finding grace when stretched, makes us true men and women of God. The Almighty One is in control of everything going on in your life. You just got to trust in Him. I'll skip through some today. On, the, on our journey to victory, we must have character before we're going to have breakthrough. We must have character before we're going to have breakthrough. We, we mentioned Daniel earlier as a prophet who warned about Satan's ploy to wear down the saints. God gave him a vision of the end of the age. Here is what he wrote. He said, I kept looking and the horn was waging war with the saints and overpowering them. This is the nature of the battle. There are times when we feel war storming against our souls and overpowering us. But the prophet said the sense of overpowering continued only. And then Daniel 7 and 22 says, until the ancient of days came. And the judgment was passed in favor of the saints. Satan had been wearing out the saints the best he could. But then God, the Ancient of Days, comes along and says, Now the saints are going to have favor of the highest one. And the time arrived when the saints took possession of the kingdom. There is a principle here that once understood will lead to victory in our battles. There will be a time inevitably when we feel overpowered and we feel overwhelmed. But yet if we endure, if we climb higher into God, if we refuse to lose our trust in God, a time will come when the ancient of days enters our circumstances. And he says, that's enough. Now I want to take over and I want to bring favor into the life of these people here. We find that God refers to himself existing as the ancient of days, literally before days were. That's what that really means. He was the ancient of days, before days were. 
This means God existed before days were even created. So when you think you are having the worst day of your life, trust in the one that was existing before there was even days. Quit saying it's a bad day and start saying this is the day the Lord has made. It'll change your focus. It'll change your attitude. I read the book by Norman Vincent Peale, The Power of Positive Thinking. If you haven't read that book, you ought to read it. If he wrote it today, he wouldn't call it that because it's got a whole different meaning. But in there, he talks about so many scriptures. And he said, when you get up in the morning and you start taking a shower, you need to start saying, I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. And he says, say it about ten times. So when you get up in the morning and when you're drudging to the sink and you're like, oh, man, it's going to be a rough day, start going, I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. And you keep saying it over and over, and you're going to start feeling good about it. If you're having a day, start saying, this is the day the Lord hath made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Kick you some praise music on when you get up. Just hopefully your family likes it. Mine doesn't. My family are not morning people. They like to be quiet, subdued. I get up singing. Now in the evening, about right now, it's time to go to bed. (laughs) But in the morning, it's a different story. But here's what I want us to do tonight. I want us to look at your tough circumstances as a class about life. And ask, what can I learn from this and grow in character? Nathan, there's going to be some pastors that are going to go through some of their greatest struggles in the future with their churches. You know who they're going to look to? They're going to call Nathan and Dina Keating because they know you went through one of the greatest struggles in your life dealing with this. How do I know that? Because I have people contact me about going through cancer treatments. I would never have chosen that path of cancer and treatment so that I could help somebody. But now I can encourage somebody and I can help somebody and say, come on, you're going to get through this. Everything's going to be all right. I don't know how, I don't know when, but everything's going to be all right. So here's what I want to skip through. I want to get to this ending. Galatians 6 and 9 says, in the NLT version, if y'all could skip to that. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Here's what I used to pray when I was pastoring before. I'm like, God... I want people to come to our church that I don't even know who they are. And they come here and they're blessed and they're touched, God. And and God, I, I want every person, but God, I want some business owners in our church. I want this, God, so they can further the kingdom, so we can do the things that we want to do, God. And I would pray and I would seek God's face and, and it just never seemed to happen. But let me tell you what happened today. I went into a place called Riverside Seafood in the city of Liberty. I sat down just getting ready to order my grilled catfish. Yes, I said grilled and not fried, by the way, because I'm working on the dead body. (laughs) I sat down, and all of a sudden, a lady comes over to me, and she said, you're Pastor Clint, aren't you? And I perked up and I said, yeah, I'm glad I'm acting good right now, you know. She said, I just want to tell you that I love coming to Grace Church. I love the Spirit of God that's there. I love that I can apply your message to my life. And she said, it's an amazing church. She said, in fact, I drove into your church Sunday morning and there weren't any parking spots and I had to turn around and leave. But she said, I thought this must be an incredible church as I've been hearing about because they don't even have any parking spots here. And I said, well, by the way, do you own this place? And she said, I sure do. And I'm like, yeah, God. 
He's showing out right now. So there was things that I asked about. And I didn't get weary in well-doing, but I stayed faithful in God. So as I close this out tonight, I read this week a book called The Power of Persistence about breakthrough prayer. And the author asked this question that I'd never thought about. He said, do you have a prayer list of impossible things? And I had to stop and go, I don't really have that list. I tend to write things down sometimes that I think God can't answer. And then I'm like, yeah, God. But this pastor challenged, he said, write down some impossible things that if God doesn't do it, it can't get done. And it reminded me of a picture that a friend of ours, Brian Aaron, had put on Facebook just a couple months ago. I was scanning Facebook, and all of a sudden I see this card. It says Matthew 7 and 7. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every man that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Brian Aaron said, I wrote that verse on the front side of the card. But on the back side of the card, I made a prayer list of some things that I wanted God to do in my life. Some things that couldn't be answered any other way in my life. And he said, I've been taking that card out three times a day. And I read that verse, Matthew 7 and 7. And he said, I pray over that list that's on the back of that card. And he said, I just want to let you know that it's just been about 30 days now, but I'm already seeing answers come from the prayers that I put on that card because there's something about praying over those things. And so here's what I want to do tonight. I brought some cards for Parkway Life Church. I don't want you to go, if I had a postcard, I want to tell you if it's going to have a postcard. We did this in our church. I've got the one. I want you to fold it up, and I want you to put it in your wallet. Here's mine right here. I've got my Matthew 7 and 7 card. On the front is Matthew 7 and 7. On the back is my list. Don't let anybody else see your list, because they may be on your list. And then you'd have to add something else to your list, like God saved my marriage, God. But we're not going to take time for you to write everything out, but I want you in your phone or something, or remember this verse, Matthew 7 and 7. Everybody say it, Matthew 7 and 7. Lock that in your brain. Young people, I want you to write your card. I want you to write on there the kind of person that you want to marry one day. I want you to write the degree that you want to get from college one day. You go, oh, pastor, I can't go to college. I don't have the funds. Go ahead and write it down and start asking and believing and seeking and knocking and seeing what God will do. And then you get this out about three times a day. Morning when you wake up. Matthew 7 and 7. You read it. Call out your prayer list. Because you're on a journey to victory. And you're needing God to do some things in your life. I want you to write down some even impossible things. And you may have to think about those, some dreams. Some of you have had some dreams that you've let fade. You quit dreaming about them. You quit dreaming about that house that you wanted for your family. And you're like, it's just never going to happen for us. I remember when we first went to pastor in, in Sherman, Texas. And a pastor across town was getting ready to leave. And I, I, he called me, he said, man, you need to come by my house. You know, the first question I asked him, how much is that house? He told me, and I was just like, <laughs> yeah, right. Literally said that. I drove my wife by, and she's like, oh, my goodness. Now, to y'all, it wouldn't be a mansion. Some of you live in, but to us, we hadn't lived in a house like that. It was, it was nice. And I, I drove by there, and Kim said, there's just no way. There's no way we can do that. But I went back to the church 
And I started praying. I'm like, God, I sure would like to buy my wife that house, God. Kept praying, kept praying, kept praying, kept believing. You know what happened? Went too long. Found a good realtor. And we ended up buying that house. Because we prayed about something. Maybe it's a new job. Maybe it's a family situation. Maybe you're going through something right now. Whatever it is, I want you to write it on the back of that card. And then I want you to start praying over those things. And you watch what happens when God starts answering those. So I want us to stand together tonight. There's something about reading the Word of God out loud. There's something about quoting the Word of God out loud. So I want you, since you've heard it, I want you to quote it with me together today because this is going to be a Matthew 7 and 7 couple of months while you're getting ready to go into this church. All right? So let's, I want us to read it together. Y'all ready? Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every man that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. If you believe that, just lift up your voice to Jesus right now and say, God, I want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you for your word, Jesus. I want to thank you for your word tonight, God. Heavenly Father, we love you tonight. God, there are people that are sitting here tonight and just kind of listen to me ramble through this message about perseverance that we need in life. About the weariness of mind. God, no doubt that there are tears that have flowed down cheeks while I've talked about this tonight, Jesus. Because we're all in the battle of life. God, there are people here tonight that the enemy has taken their confidence away. The enemy has taken away their self-respect. But tonight, I want to restore that into some people, Jesus. I want some of them to get their confidence back that I can do great things. I am somebody in the kingdom of God. I can do something in life. I can succeed. I can have success. I can overcome obstacles that are in my way. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And you love me, Jesus. And when you love us, God, nothing can stop us. God, reveal your love to some people in this place right now. Some of them are here, but they don't even feel love tonight because they've made some mistakes this week. There's been some failures in their life this week, God, that they can't overcome and feel like you're going to forgive them and you're going to love them. But I want to speak your love into their lives tonight. You are love, and you will restore, and you will bless and you will help them overcome their failures and their mistakes through the name of Jesus Christ. God, there are teenagers that are singing here that their grades aren't what they think they need to be. They're battling these classes, God, and it's wearing them out, and they feel like they're not as good as the other students because their grades aren't where they need to be. But God, I want to lift them up tonight, and I want to tell them, God, that they are somebody in the kingdom of God. They may not have everything that the other person has. They may not be as smart as everybody else, but God, you love them, and they are somebody. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. There's some dads here tonight, God, that they haven't led their family into the places that they wanted to really lead their families into, God. And they would never say it to anybody else. But God, there's a, there's a sense of inadequacy in them tonight, God. 
And when nobody else sees them, God, when they're driving down the road or they're getting up or they're going to their job, God, they, they, they want help, God. They need help, Jesus. And I just pray that you will encourage some men, some fathers tonight, God, to let you know that you care about them and you love them, Jesus. And they are somebody. And they have done a good job raising their family. They have done a good job providing for their family, God. Let them feel your strength. Let them feel their, your encouragement coming to their lives, Jesus. God, I pray for marriages tonight. Marriages are being bombarded with so many different things. Satan wants to tear down marriages so he can tear down the families, so he can tear down the church. But I pray for strength in the marriages in this place. Husband and wives to love each other like they've never loved each other before. To support each other like never before. Let them feel your love. Just encourage tonight, Jesus. Let there be a spirit of encouragement in this place. God, I pray for Parkway Life as a church tonight, God. I can only imagine what they've went through. I can only imagine the devastation that they felt through these times of seeing their church destroyed by this flood. But God, I lift them up tonight before you, Jesus. I encourage them tonight to tell them that there are greater days and better days than they could even ever imagine are coming to this church. I speak it, Jesus. People that have never dreamed about coming to this church are going to show up here, God. They're going to find what they're looking for. This church isn't just a church, but this church is becoming the answer for Lumberton. This church is becoming the answer for people that are hurting and are bruised and want to find you, Jesus. They're going to find Jesus in this place. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So get your cards, your Matthew 7 and 7 cards. I want to tell you, it will work. You know why? Because prayer works. Because his scripture says, ask says seek, says knock. And to do that, you got to keep on seeking sometimes. Amen? Amen. God bless. Love you. Can't wait to see the finished product of Parkway Life. Amen. Bless all of y'all.